the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the peace, love, joy of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with us all. On this 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C, in which we gather to listen to God's Word and reflect upon it, to humbly pray for our needs and those of others. Today we pray especially for our sister Dorothy Louise Jackson, who is seriously ill. We also remember our brothers and sisters who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith, especially Ebenezer Kegnia. Let us introduce our readings and sing a hymn in praise of the Holy Trinity. Brothers and sisters, persistence and perseverance in prayer and the importance of community are the themes coming through our readings this Sunday. In the first reading, we have the strange but interesting tale of Moses interceding for the Israelites as they fought a battle with their enemies, the Amalekites. Whenever Moses held his hand up while holding the staff, with the help of Aaron and Hugh, the Israelites were winning the battle over the Amalekites. But whenever he lowered his hands, they lost the battle, a reminder of how prayer is connected to action. This is how a Christian community is constructed, some fighting on the outside and others in the inside. God wants us to persist in prayer, not just to get what we ask for, but as the Catechism of the Catholic Church explains, because it is important to ask than to get what we ask for. By asking, we express awareness of our relationship with God, the giver, who, in giving, gives the far more precious gift of himself. God wants us to exercise our desire in prayer so that we may be able to receive what he is prepared to give. Brothers and sisters, let us pray that we will be people who pray always and lead their lives in the awareness of the loving gaze of God. Also, that we will be people who in joy and in pain remain in the assurance of being ever accompanied by God. 
May we retain the capacity to hold on tight in faith, even when the conditions are not favourable. Amen. Reading from the book of Exodus. The Amalekites came and attacked Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Pick out men for yourself, and tomorrow morning march out to engage Amalek. I, meanwhile, will stand on the hilltop the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and marched out to engage Amalek, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses kept his arms raised, Israel had the advantage. When he let his arms fall, the advantage went to Amalek. But Moses' arms grew heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and on this he sat, Aaron and Hur supporting his arms, one on one side, one on the other, and his arms remained firm till sunset. With the edge of the sword, Joshua cut down Amalek and his people. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. You must keep to what you have been taught and know to be true. Remember who your teachers were and how, ever since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. From these you can learn the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and can profitably be used for teaching, for refuting error, for guiding people's lives and teaching them to be holy. This is how the man who is dedicated to God becomes fully equipped and ready for any good work. Before God and before Christ Jesus, who is to be judge of the living and the dead, I put this duty to you. In the name of his appearing and his kingdom, proclaim the message and welcome or unwelcome, insist on it. Refute falsehood, correct error, call to obedience, but do all with patience and with the intention of teaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Alleluia, alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our mind so that we can see what hope his call holds for us. Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory be to you, Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town, there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time he refused, but at last he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights, or she will persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say. Now, Will not God see justice done to his chosen, who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them, and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, have you ever wondered what God does with all the prayers offered up for sports teams, especially at the end of a season when titles and trophies are on the line? Does anyone really believe that God chooses to have a hand in deciding who wins the World Cup? That God might take a side and give an edge to either the Brazilian or the German national teams? Favour Liverpool Football Club rather than Manchester United Football Club? At least last year, God spared us the heartache and prevented them from winning the quadruple. People ask me all the time to pray for them, to join them in their prayer for themselves, for members of their families, for their friends and for particular needs. And I do indeed pray for them. I lift them up in prayer to God, joining my prayers to theirs. In that sense, I suppose I'm a bit like Aaron and her in today's first reading, where they serve as support for Moses as he holds his staff in his hands. His hands are loft in prayer to God. And I know that many people, many of you, pray for others too, lifting up in prayer the ones you love. I lift up in prayer the ones I love and pray for many other people. The ones whose own arms of prayer may have grown weary. And sometimes there comes a healing, a recovery, a reconciliation, a job, a decision or a turn of events just as we'd been praying for. But other times, in spite of Jesus' saying, the answer will come speedily. Sometimes the answer to our prayer seems not to come at all, or it isn't the answer we wanted, or it's so long in coming that we begin to think it will never come. And then we may be tempted to think that God hasn't heard us, or that he has forgotten us, or he is simply ignoring our prayer. When that happens, some people give up on prayer, and some even give up on God completely. Or they give up hope of God reaching out to help them. But from my experience as a faithful, most people don't give up on prayer and on God. Most people continue to believe and to pray. Most people persevere and persist in prayer, seeking God's help again and again the next time they're in need. Whether, whether their last prayer was answered as they hoped or not. And are we foolish in seeking again the help of God who often seems not to help? No, we are not foolish at all. We've come to realise, to understand, 
to accept that when we turn to God in prayer, especially when our needs are most acute, that the greatest benefit of prayer is the assurance that we have a place to turn to, that we have someone to go to, especially when it seems there is no place to turn or no one to help us. When we were children, or for those of us who have children, and our children come to us and ask us to fix their broken toys, to put a band-aid on their skinned knee, or to mend their broken hearts or their shattered dreams. There come times when mum or dad or others did indeed fix what was broken, but sometimes they couldn't. But that didn't keep us from going back. That doesn't stop the children from coming back to us again and again and again with the next broken toy needing fixing or when our newly bruised feelings needed understanding or consolation or comfort. We kept going back to our parents. Our children keep coming back to us because we know, we knew and they know that even if their parents couldn't fix what was broken, they'd be there for them. To hold their hand, to comfort them and to grieve with them. Whatever the brokenness might be. Even in times when they couldn't make things better, when we as parents can't make things better, and especially in times when we already knew that wasn't going to be possible, we stayed with them. We journeyed with them. And so it is with God and us. We don't know why God, who could do anything and everything so, of so often, doesn't. But we do know that we need to remember that the purpose of prayer, the purpose of all prayer, is not to get what we want or even what we need, much less to move or change God's mind. But rather, the primary purpose of prayer is to draw us into a closer relationship with the one to whom we turn in prayer to God. We often hear parents say how they wish they could take away their children's hurt and brokenness and make it their own. Jesus says and did the very same thing. The Lord is no stranger to our brokenness and our pain and our hurt and our suffering. On the cross, he took all of our hurt on his shoulders and made it his own. And in his moment of most acute need, he cried out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God seemed to have abandoned him and no answer came. No answer beyond the deafening silence of God. At least no answer came until after Christ abandoned himself, abandoned himself to his father's will 
and into his father's arms. The greater the need, the more painful the brokenness and the more fervent we pray for the Lord's help, the more we need to trust that the one answer that would always come without fail is God's voice saying like a loving father, like a loving mother, I am here, I won't leave you, I am with you always. Brothers and sisters, God might not always answer our prayers as we would like, but without fail, he will be there with us and for us to see us through our times of need as he has promised. The best gift prayer has to offer us is not so much the granting of our desires as it is the opportunity to grow in our relationship with God, not because God will always fix things for us, but because he faithfully walks with us in our brokenness. For whom are we praying today? Definitely for Dorothy Louise Jackson and Ebenezer Kegnia. For what are we praying today? Be sure that the Lord hears your prayer loud and clear and that he understands your needs and wants even better than you understand them yourself. And like Aaron and her, all your brothers and sisters in Christ are always there, always present around the world, wanting to support your arms, lifting them up in prayer, and they look to you to lift their arms too. For we all, from time to time, grow weary in prayer and need one another's help. Brothers and sisters, let us pray today that the same Christ, that this same Christ, who was broken once for us on the cross and broken again for us here in the bread of the altar during the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Eucharistic celebration this Sunday all over the world. May this same Christ heal the brokenness we pray, we bring in prayer to his altar today and draw us deeper into his love. May we hear his voice to us. All will be well. I am with you always. Amen. Rejoicing that God will listen lovingly to our prayers, we turn to him in all humility with our needs and the needs of the world. We pray for the leaders of our Holy Mother Church, that they will continue to encourage the faithful nurture, their faith and grow in their love of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all in government, that their leadership may be one of service rather than of control. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are persecuted for their religious beliefs, 
that their rights may be respected and their voices heard. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all God's faithful people, that our hearts may be open to the action of the Holy Spirit and our faith ignited and fanned into a flame. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are sick or suffering, especially Dorothy Louise Jackson, homeless or housebound, that they will know Christ's healing love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who have died recently, especially Ebenezer Kegnia and all those whose anniversaries occur around this time, that they may receive mercy and grace and rejoice forever in heaven. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In the next few moments, let us raise up in prayer our own personal intentions and those of others who have asked us to pray for them. Hear our prayer. We ask our Mother Mary of Jesus and our Mother to pray for us as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. God our Father, you have made us your daughters and sons in Christ. Open our hearts that we may hear more clearly your message of love and live more closely in accordance with your will. We ask this in his name, Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us from all evil and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us continue to bless the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for joining me today on this 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time to praise and worship God. We pray that we'll be people who persevere and persist in prayer. I wish you a joyous celebration of the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Let's finish our prayers like we began. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.